when they and when they got on set and they realized they were there, it's like, hey, how you doing? It's great. Oh, we're here. Hey. Basically, it tells you how good characters are at acting within a certain context. Cooley, how often when you roll the pool, when you just giving yourself a bunch of extra dice, and you're like, oh man, I really need to crit. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. D20Radio.com Alright, friends, I'm here with another micro-episode with our sister show on the D20 Radio, and we are... Uh, guests, our guests are wonderful. I talked to them before, and we've actually hung out at Gamer Nation Con in real life back in 2019 before the age of COVID. So I'd like to introduce JT and Kirby. How are y'all doing today? Hey, doing good. How are you doing, Sugi? Man, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm ready for uh, gaming conventions and game stores to open up because I'm a social person, and uh, otherwise I'm I'm legitimately doing fine. I'm just ready for all of this uh, pandemic stuff to end, so we can all hang out again and have more tales to weave and board games and RPGs to play. But we are going to talk about you guys because you guys have a podcast and we want to hear all about it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about the show that you guys produce? I'll let uh, Kirby take this one first. (laughs) Oh, yeah. okay, sure. So uh, we are the co-hosts for Prime by Cortex, which is a show that interviews other Cortex uh, Prime game studio creators, uh, as well as uh, we, we've had people like Cam Banks on who actually worked on the product. Um, and so we kind of do interviews for that. And we also just do general system discussion. So if you want to learn what Cortex even is, come check out our show. Uh, but yeah, I'm Kirby. I've been running games on and off since like 2004 with the majority of that in the last five, six years. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about this game. If I we're going to imagine, never heard of it, never played it. I know what RPGs are, and my general experience is D and D or you know Pathfinder, one of the more available games you can find out in your um, you know Walmart's, Targets, Starbucks, or I guess Barnes and Noble. And I'm looking to try and expand my horizons. Like, what what is this experience? What kind of system is it? What am I doing? Yeah, um, let me take a swing at this one then. Um, so uh, Cortex Prime is a generic rule set based on the uh, Cortex system, which has had a bunch of different iterations. But at its base, what you're doing is you have things like attributes or skills. Sometimes you might have something like relationships. But basically, all of these trait sets... Uh, have die ratings, and those can range from a D4 all the way to a D12. No D20s in this system, believe it or not. And uh, whenever you have an attribute or a skill or what have you that's applicable to a roll, you add that die rating into your pool, and then you're just rolling everything and trying to beat a target number usually rolled by the GM. And so that's the core of the system. It's uh, pretty uh, basic and straightforward, and... um, it's it's been used for a lot of great games like uh, the Firefly RPG back in 2014. Uh, Marvel Heroic also used the system. There's been stuff for uh, Supernatural, Smallville, Battlestar Galactica. So just a bunch of really uh, cool settings and uh, and uh, and shows and mechanics and stuff. So what's the big draw for this system over the aforementioned ones that are 
usually well known amongst the general public? Like what what makes this unique and special that you guys not only chose to play it, but you designed an entire podcast of entertainment around this system? Uh, well, I don't know if I can speak for JT, but at least for me, the big appeal is that, you know, I can run any setting or genre in it. And, you know, you for like D&D, like you mentioned before, there's plenty of work that's already been done where people have made like Star Wars for D&D or whatever have you. Um, when it comes to Cortex Prime, like it's a toolbox system and I feel like I actually have different tools to make these settings and I feel like it takes way less effort to uh, do a setting for Cortex Prime than it is for, say, D&D. And on top of that, and this isn't meant to be a jab toward D&D, but I feel like when you're making... Uh, new settings for D&D that's not your standard like high fantasy stuff it really to me feels like you're wrapping the the setting or IP around the system Uh, whereas with Cortex Prime you can wrap the system around whatever IP you're doing and that's why it has so many tools available yeah, I um, totally agree with Kirby there because, um, for example, like Smallville was like a television like drama with Clark Kent and all of that. And it, it was very much like focused on these interpersonal relationships between the characters. That's not really your typical RPG fare, but um, the, cor- the uh, Cortex mechanics allow them to add in things like relationships so that, you know, instead of basing things on like how skilled you are at like persuasion or other things like that, you're you're focused more on like, oh, like, am I good friends with this person? Are they like my greatest enemy? And like those things will affect the roles. So it just adapts to the type of genre and setting that you're doing better, I think, than most because they have all these different options for the types of games and mechanics to match. Interesting. Okay, so I'm a brand new player, and I want to be a GM. I want to start a storyline. I want to build a universe so that I can play with my friends over the holidays. What is my starting point? What do I need to do? Do I need to know anything prior? Uh, how is or or you know if I'm an experienced GM, I played you know this you know, another RPG for you know a couple of years. Um, what's, what's a, a shift in the paradigm compared to d and I hate to use D&D so frequently, but it's such a common denominator that if I say that a lot of people are on the same page, I know there's a lot more systems. There's a lot of other games out there, but I think D&D is just an easy jumping off point so that we're all kind of starting mentally at the same place. And then you can kind of evolve our understanding from there. But uh, going to the GM side of things, like where do we start if I want to get playing and present a game to my friends? Uh, I could take this one, JT, if you'd like. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I think as the GM, uh, the starting point is really just trying to figure out what kind of story or what kind of interactions you want your players to have. Uh, Because when it comes to like Cortex, there's no set character sheet, right? And so you're picking all these different ingredients, whether it's like relationships like what JT mentioned earlier, or it's just having a very like traditional attributes plus skills uh, list. And you're kind of compiling all this in order to get the feel that you want out of the game. And so it's easier to pick these ingredients when you already know like, oh, this is going to be a heist game or I want this to be like a television drama that you see on the CW, right? Uh, And so you're kind of just moving from there. And really with how modular Cortex is, you can keep it super simple. I would say Cortex kind of swings in crunchiness from like, 
I would say like a three to as high as a seven, depending on how you're building your game. Uh, but, you know, if you're starting out and you're picking up the book and you just want to get a feel for what Cortex is and what Cortex does, uh, I would say just pick three ingredients uh, to put onto a character sheet and just go from there. Uh, and even with that same campaign, you can kind of dial it up or down in terms of how crunchy you want it or you can swap out different mods uh, for your game yeah and uh the only thing i'll add to that is um so like right now i think the uh handbook like the hard copies are sold out but they're doing another round of printing soon i hope uh but until then there's actually like a digital copy that you can buy uh, so they have Cortex Prime and PDF, and they also have almost like a D&D Beyond type of setup where you can get the rules on the website and like search it in that way. And and they're going to add some digital tools for like character sheet type stuff to build your own, it seems like, and potentially do like dice rolling and stuff. So that's going to be really cool. But yeah, um, yeah but it, it, it's uh, it's very accessible and uh I think that they're really setting up the infrastructure really well to make it easy for people to get into it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's me from the same folks who did D&D Beyond uh, fandom, right? And the game itself has three mini settings just straight out the box. If you don't want to just build a game for yourself and you can just want to feel that out. And in fact, when those settings is uh, freely available just on their website. All right, so let's talk about the PC player side of things. I want to play this game. Uh, what can I do? I'm used to being, you know, X, Y, or Z. You know, what what are the classes? What are the jobs? What are the options? Is it, you know, combat intensive? Or like you said, you can have like a relational situation. Um, do some of my non-combat abilities matter? You know, what if I want to be like a support class or a support character? You know, how, how does my player experience uh, differ from the traditional role-playing games that people think about? I think that basically, and it's, it's going to sound like a cop-out answer, but uh, it's going to depend on uh, the group and, the, and what the GM decides they want to do with a particular setting. Um, because it's such a modular system, so you really do kind of build things from scratch unless you already have like some framework in mind that you're trying to use or copy. Um, so like if you wanted to play a D&D type game where it's sort of like, a, you know, fantasy uh, dungeon crawling and stuff like that, sort of like high fantasy, powerful magic, you know, you could have um, attributes and you could even name them after the D&D attributes like strength, dexterity, constitution, what have you. You could even uh, use skills and import the same skills from any uh, edition of D&D that you wanted. And basically those will all just have die ratings instead of like give you a plus two or whatever. Um, and you would just be rolling it like a dice pool. But uh, yeah, so in, uh, in terms of like non-combat abilities, uh, you, the, like the GM might choose to make some of those specifically or they honestly might just go to their group and say like, Hey, like what sort of game do you want to play? Do you want non-combat abilities to be uh, important in this? Or, you know, do you want to just do a hack and slash and, um, and then just go from there. Um, but regardless of what you choose, you'll generally always have something called distinctions. And I think I'll hand it over to Kirby to talk about that if he wants. Yeah. So 
unlike D&D or traditional games like that, like this game doesn't come with classes out of the box. Um, that's going to probably vary from Cortex game to Cortex game because some of these Cortex games that are eventually going to release are going to have archetypes they can take on or it could be very freeform. And so it's also important to note that like in general, there's no, there's very little difference between doing a combative action and a non-combative action. So uh, you can easily have a game that doesn't have combat at all uh, or a game that does utilize combat a lot and it doesn't really matter in that sense Um, cortex is very i think drama driven i think by nature Um, but yeah speaking to the distinctions distinctions are sort of what you're going to see in like 99 percent of your cortex games they're a universal trait and they're essentially your elevator pitch uh, so you know you might have clark kent who is a uh, man of steel's uh man of steel a reporter and i don't know what a good third distinction is but you typically have like three distinctions and this essentially paints like a broad picture of who your character is so you can easily have a distinction that just says you're the wizard and because you have that distinction you can do wizard type stuff um at I, I would say that's probably the like generic approach to it. You can easily have like replicating different sorts of magic systems by adding more ingredients or tweaking those ingredients for the game. So you had talked about the flexibility and the fluidity of this system, and you mentioned a bunch of IPs, so like Firefly, um, Battlestar Galactica, Smallville, things like that. Say my favorite ip so you know i don't know it will say like the mandalorian that's a hot one i want to play a mandalorian game how how would one take an ip that i love and take the cortex system and meld the two to formulate this game so my friends and i can you know go on the hunt and you know do x y and z or you know whatever ip you can possibly match maybe a video game you like league of legends or you know i don't i don't know like it seems like it's a very open-ended kind of system where whatever you can imagine is playable. Yeah, I'm going to let Kirby take this one again because he's actually worked on a hack for uh, The Mandalorian, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I specifically, uh, I, I approach my game design differently depending on whether I'm a planning on running one-shots or long-form games. So I made a character sheet for a Cortex Mandalorian game that was meant to just be a one shot. Um, so, but, but in general, like if you're trying to think about how you want to do things, cause I would say for star Wars in general, uh, there's no like two ways to make a star Wars game. And I'm, frankly, I, f- I feel like that's a good starting point for anyone who is just trying to play around uh, with all the various cortex tools. But uh, I would definitely start by just kind of imagining what your typical session is going to look like. And for the Mandalorian, I mean, that's more or less a space western so i kind of drew from the firefly role-playing game a lot to be honest uh which use attributes um and skills and i essentially just kind of simplified that now i think you kind of start getting to the question of like what if someone wants to play baby yoda or just a force user in general alongside other uh other characters that are more normal right um 
that kind of just depends on just how deep you want to get into it. Uh, but for my Mandalorian game, I just made it super simple. If you wanted to be force sensitive, uh, this kind of actually circles back to the distinctions that we talked about. Uh, you would just write down a distinction that says you're force sensitive and you would just do anything you would reasonably be able to do with the force uh, because you have that distinction. You still have to roll for a lot of stuff. Uh, it's not a freebie pass to just suddenly uh, take a Star Destroyer out of the atmosphere and have it <laughs> crashing into the Earth, right? Um, you still have to roll for that, and that roll would probably be incredibly uh, difficult. But yeah, it's it's totally doable. I think you're going to... I think Avatar The Last Airbender and Star Wars are probably the two most popular this is my first Cortex hack uh, thing. So you're going to see many uh, variations on that. Oh, man. I want to play an Avatar. All right. I got to find out how to get my hands on the system now because that's one of my favorite shows. Yeah. So um, we did an episode, actually, where we talked about what we thought an Avatar The Last Airbender game might look like in Cortex. So if anyone who wants to... uh, or who's interested in that can go check that one out. That's our what distinction. I, yeah. I think that's like the third one we, we recorded or something like that. Right, Kirby? Uh, yeah, that's our distinctions plus Atla episode. And I think it's literally, I think is literally titled that if you want to check yeah. it out. Okay. <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, I'm um, sort of just to add on a little bit to what Kirby was saying. Uh, so like with the forest power as example, uh, we've said before that pretty much everything in Cortex kind of is associated with a die rating, anything that's important anyway. So if you have a force user distinction, then, you know, that's going to have a rating from D4 to D12. And you can just include that whenever you're using the force. But if you really wanted to get fancy with it or like get really in depth into like the different types of powers and what they do, you could actually make separate like force powers as an, their, its own trait set with, with their own uh, die rating. So like you could have like force push be a D6 that you would roll and then you could have uh, force lightning be a D10 or, you know, whatever you wanted to do with that. Right. So um, it really just depends on how important the force is going to be in your game. And if it's going to be more important then it might deserve a little bit more fleshing out and like a little bit uh, more in- intricate treatment. But if you're just sort of using it as, okay, this person is also fighting. They're just using the force to do it, but it's not really going to look that much different uh, than someone who's like using a blaster. Then you can just do it like a distinction and uh, just roll whenever they're attacking with a force power like that. All right. I'm starting to get injured. You're selling me on this system. I'm, I'm very interested. So the fun question of the night, uh, what kind of dice do I need to buy if I want to play this game? You know, some games like most fantasy flight games have custom dice. Uh, D&D has the D4, 6, 8, 10, 12, so on and so forth. I know uh, some of the old Warhammer games from Crucible 7 uses like a D10 system. Some places use a D6 system. So what are we talking about when it comes to rolling these dice, which I love to do very much? Uh, So the system uses D4s to D12s, uh, which obviously the bigger the die, the better you are at that thing, right? Um, And I would say the average character in the average Cortex game, you can probably get away with just having three of each die size. Uh, So 3D4, 3D6, etc. Okay. Super cool. Yeah. And uh, you're probably going to also want to have some sort of like fancy tokens 
for your games because this game does use meta currency called plot points. Uh, so if you're doing a star uh, like a Star Wars game, maybe you buy like a handful of plastic cred stick props to use as your plot points. I mean, it doesn't have to be that fancy. You could use like pennies or something if you want. <laughs> Anything yeah. that works like a token, pretty much, I think will uh, will do it. Over and chips. some games don't even use plot points because, again, it's all modular. So you, the GM is going to decide, or like the group co- collectively will decide whether or not they want plot points to be something in the game. Like if you don't like those meta currency things, like if you're not a fan of like fate that uses fate points or things like that, or uh the star wars rpg has destiny points if you don't like any of that kind of stuff you can just take it out okay that seems simple and easy enough so as we begin to kind of wrap this show up because we're going to keep it nice and short uh tell us one of your favorite stories from playing in this system you know it can be funny it can be like oh my gosh like this should never have happened like what what's something you know memorable and interesting from all these games you've played that just kind of sticks out for you I guess I'll kick this off. So uh, I would say probably in my other like actual play podcast I do, it's a sci-fi campaign and I basically do a bunch of duets. Uh, So I have all these different player characters, but I typically just record with them one-on-one. And so my favorite story uh, involving that and that uses the Cortex system is, you know, we have one player who's a sort of uh, Android and we have another player who's just like some rich kid, right? Who has stumbled <laughs> upon a conspiracy. And so uh, the said rich kid, uh, man, I already forgot. The said rich kid somehow wound up in this sort of digital interface or yeah, this digital interface. And it was kind of colliding with a, uh, the Android player's storyline who was also in their kind of uh, officially not Tron uh, Tron universe uh, in, inside of <laughs> MySpace. And yeah, they sort of cross paths because of this interface. And uh, certain events occurred. And uh, let's just say, said Rich Kid is his consciousness is now in a little droid body. <laughs> okay. That sounds pretty fun. What about you, JT? Any fun uh, stories or experiences coming out of the the years that you played with the Cortex system? Oh, yeah. Uh, but although I do want to say really quickly that, yeah, uh, Kirby does run that game, and it's actually its own podcast if you want to check that out. I'm going to plug him because I know that he might feel a little bit uh, embarrassed doing that, you know, when we came on to talk about ours. But uh, the Star Shot podcast is the yeah. other one. Yeah, I'm terrible about plugging Starshot. To be honest, I, I feel like I have to talk about 20 other different podcasts before I talk about that podcast. But yeah, it's, uh, it's Starshot. It's not officially um, D20 affiliated. Well, it's, it's not affiliated in general. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if, if you want to figure out what transpired to get those two characters to that point, check out Starshot. Uh, it's also just been a wild ride since that point because we've done several episodes since then. Uh, it, let's just say that said character got chrome upgrade to their new robotic body (laughs) but uh yeah i've also had some pretty great memories with uh cortex and uh one that i can remember is uh the first game i played of it actually was i played in a firefly game and uh, i played this like sort of like broody standoffish mechanic for a ship and we were investigating like this mining town like one there was like this woman that got kidnapped that we were trying to rescue and like we went to this bar trying to like look for uh answers and see if we could identify the kidnappers and like i just went and sat at the bar and was having a drink and 
the other characters, the PCs were like sort like sort of get into a conversation and eventually, I guess, like figure out that some of the people in the bar were involved in the kidnapping. So then there starts being this scuffle. And uh, one of the uh, NPC kidnapper people like uh, was sort of like going at it with one of the characters and they were like ready to like try to like knock him out or whatever. And I just came out uh, from the bar, like from behind them and just like knocked them in the head with a wrench and like knocked them <laughs> out. Cause you know, a mechanic's always going to use their tools that they have on hand. So, Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, that, so that was, that, that was sounds fun. Abs- that's great. That's absolutely hilarious. Okay. Well, we're about to get on out of here. So a last couple uh, housekeeping questions, and then I want you guys to plug your show. So get ready. But uh, I'm listening to the show. I'm interested. I want to go get my hands on a rule book. I want to know where can I get like the Firefly or, you know, whatever other IPs you mentioned. Where can I go to get my hands on, you know, I know you said they're not going to have the hardbacks, but where can I go to get the uh, PDFs and find more information on seeing what other IPs exist within this Cortex system? Right. So you can go to CortexRPG.com pretty straightforward. They're eventually going to have uh, digital tools for you to run your game. And next year, they're going to have Masters of the Universe as well as uh, Tales of Exadia, if you're a Dragon Prince fan. Um, releasing for public playtesting. Uh, they don't have a hard date for that yet, but checking out that website's probably a good place for news. Yeah, unfortunately, things like uh, Firefly or Battlestar Galactica we mentioned are out of print co- because uh, those were uh, sort of printed before the uh, new license and they came out with the generic system and they don't have the rights to those IPs anymore, but uh, you can probably find them like secondhand on like Amazon or eBay or somewhere like that, or go on to like Facebook and get into one of those like RPG trading groups or whatever. Um, if you're interested in those older ones. Um, okay. But yeah, uh, like Kirby said, cortexrpg.com is probably the place to look for the various games and IPs that are going to be available for that. Okay, wonderful. So now as we wrap everything up, I want you guys to plug your shows. Tell us all you want about it. You know, I know you guys have, Kirby has a different show, so please tell us all about this content because, you know, we're coming to the end of the year, things are getting busy, but I know a lot of people are traveling and they've kind of burnt through their standard podcast criteria, so they're looking for new and exciting things. And I think your show is one of those, but where can we find you? Yeah, um, so the easiest way uh, to get in touch with us is probably um, through uh, our Facebook group, which is Prime by Cortex. Um, we, we, we also have uh, Twitter. We're on Twitter at, um, at primed by cortex. And then, um, we're, we're on the, uh, D 20 radio server. So if you're already a member or if you're a member of the D 20 radio Facebook group, go ahead and join the D 20 radio, uh, discord and you'll, we have our own channel there. Um, I'm trying to think, am I missing anything, Kirby? Oh yeah. Email. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say yeah. email yeah. and Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Twitter is at Prime by Cortex, and then email is pbfpodcast at d20radio.com. Um, and then I'll let Kirby do his own uh, stuff for Starshot because I don't know all of that off the top of my head. <laughs> no worries. So, uh, really quick to circle back to Cort- uh, Prime by Cortex, um, we are always looking for questions and suggestions. Uh, we want to be able to on the air prime different IPs uh, like we did Avatar Last Airbender. Uh, so, feel free to shoot your weird mashup if you want, I don't know, 
alien meets uh, new girls. Um, <laughs> uh, but in any case, uh, for Star Shots, uh, that's the unaffiliated one. Uh, that is a Genesis turned Cortex Prime role playing game. Uh, that is a sci fi setting where a bunch of colonists uh, on a generation ship crash lands into a living world and have to try to make do with what they can there. And yeah, you can check that out at, uh, for Twitter on Starshot Pod at. Uh, at that location, I don't really have an email for that that you can reach out to, but we're generally just on all the major platforms wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you guys for coming on. We'll definitely have you on later in 2021. Yeah, thanks. You too, Sugi. 